welcome back to queerly a podcast where myself liz and uh my co-host jackie hello uh dissect discuss and just kind of ramble about media uh that is queer that is interesting to us and um for right now anyway that is like currently uh popular so uh without further ado today's uh topic of discussion will be Harley Quinn, the animated series, and its companion comic book, the Eat, Bang, Kill tour series. <laughs> uh, fair, fair warning in terms of audio this this time. Uh, we were having some technical difficulties, so there may be slightest echo. And then I have people, my upstairs neighbors are moving. Um, so if you hear any thuds, that's what it is. I'll try my best to cut it out, but um, just, just heads up. No one's getting murdered in the background. Don't worry. You didn't come here uh, for clean audio. <laughs> Hopefully. That's fair. <laughs> though, um, though, uh, of course, like, spoiler warning for all of uh, Harley Quinn TV show. Um, also, for later on, I'll give another spoiler warning before going into it, though it's it, they're pretty, they're kind of related. Um, the Harley Quinn Eat Bang Kill Tour comic. Um, both of which we recommend you watch or read before... Um, before listening to this oh yeah as always drop this as soon as you hear us talking about it and and or even maybe before even listening read the title and then go uh enjoy the media but you know you do you we're not your parents yeah or are we (laughs) oh plot twist oh my parents Um. started a podcast (laughs) honey we've turned the, the kids into viewers turn the kids into our audience that's how you make money um no but harley quinn the animated series on hbo max and the comic books that are slightly related well they're yeah. um, um the 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 series uh we're probably gonna end up talking more about season three so if you have seen season one and two then see season three beforehand there's only seven episodes out as of recording this so it's it's not too long of a watch so just seven episodes of, of season three out yeah, yeah. The each each season I think is is about I think it's ten episodes per season. Yeah, that makes sense if we're consistent, you know, across seasons. <laughs> and I would say um, even if you're not interested in DC Comics or Batman or any any of the like the Suicide Squad anything anything like that, especially if you saw uh, previous DC movies and did not like them, this is not that. Like all the other animated DC content, it's like it's pretty awesome. I don't know who runs the DC animation department at Warner Brothers, but they're always on on absolute point. Oh, that re- oh, there was a there was a big thud. Uh, that reminds me, I I learned something about um something that was cut out of uh the owl episode. Um, when we get to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, do we yeah. do you want to talk about like? Maybe, like, where season two picks, where season, sorry, season three picks up and, like, where the, like, the focus, and the reason why we're all here, I think, is the Harlivey, uh, the Harlivey plot that, that kind of developed throughout season two and is now being explored in season three. I mean, the word queer's in the title of the podcast, so, like, you know. (laughs) Hey, yeah, um, the, the, the supervillains are gay and we like that. It's a good thing. Be gay, do crime. Be gay, do crime. Um, uh, so at the, at the beginning of season three, so we're picking up basically right after, uh, the finale of season two, um, with Harley and Ivy having run off, um, 
uh, after the failed wedding on both sides of the party. So both uh, Ivy and Kite Man kind of, they knew, they both knew what was happening at this point. It was falling apart. Um, and they go on a bit of a honeymoon, um, doing crime, being gay. Uh, and then we jump into kind of the, the relationship of between Harley and Ivy and the issues of it, which is something like, I really like that they don't, um, like make the, the relationship boring as hell and like give it the relationships themselves are, are made up of give and take and learning to grow with each other and for each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when they're static, like, yeah, I enjoyed like Heartstopper, um, that show on Netflix and yeah, sure. Like there, there are some like ups and downs between the main two characters, um, relationship in that. But it's still very, like, as heartwarming as it is, it's still very bland. Um, so, and same with even, like, Happiest Season. Yeah, there's, like, the whole drama of, like, oh, telling the family, blah, blah. It's still, like, also very bland relationship. I mean, it helps that they're both, um, like, cartoon supervillains. And so some of true. their... Actually, I think that's a great point is... Well, a couple things. One... We get to see a new side of both Harley and Ivy now that they're, like, in a relationship with each other. Like, we're given the background context that they are, that they were, they're each other's support system. Like, they're each other's, for the most part, only support system um, after meeting in Arkham Asylum. Um, And, you know, we we know that they're best friends. We come into the series Mm -hmm. knowing they're best friends. We know that um, we spend all of season one watching Harley... Ivy supporting Harley in her attempt to be like the best villain in Goth villain in Gotham. And so we spend all of season one seeing Harley and Ivy support each other, but in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um and what we see throughout season two is we know that they, they lo- both love each other. I mean, it's not like Harley Harley has a one sided crush and Ivy's like so in love with Kite Man that she can't see it. Like they they basically spend the entire season saying like, hey, this Kite Man Ivy thing is like on the rocks. And like, so it's no surprise that season two ends the way it does. And now that we're in season three, and this is the one thing I'm most happy about is when season three was coming out, um, the the writers basically came out and said, we're not ending Harl Ivy. Like that's, that's, we're keeping that relationship the way it is for the rest of the series. Yeah. And so we have, we get this amazing, uh, very clear uh, promise that the relationship that they spent the first two seasons setting up is going to be maintained, and what we're going where the where the drama actually comes in, it's not the will they won't they or will they break up and then try to be friends. the The actual conflict that we see is them working around their their individual issues with each other as a unit, mm-hmm. and so we see Ivy now. the car- The focus is really on Ivy and and her ambitions and wants as a supervillainess as we've been watching Harley the past two seasons um, as she's trying to like basically Harley reminds Ivy of an old project that she was working on a place called was it Eden it was Eden with an I because of Ivy which yeah Eden Um, which was this like supposed to be this sort of like utopic paradise away from the destruction of humanity like no technology no just ivy's perfect world basically um and she gets 
reminded of all the sort of this these there's like prehistoric plants and like everything and then it gets destroyed <laughs> it gets like pretty thoroughly destroyed by oh man i can't even remember who it was it was um plastique so like the canadian uh eco-terrorist Oh yes, Plastique the Canadian eco-terrorist who is working for some Ooh, for Amanda for, Waller. Yeah, who hasn't been who hasn't we haven't heard a peep from her since that episode. Yeah. Well, I mean cuz she's she's huh. like I think it's just like a short cameo cuz she's like the whole suicide squad thing. I Now, that's where I disagree. And I think there's two there's I think there's two parts of this season that we're going to see in, in the coming seasons. I think it's Amanda Waller because I feel like anytime you have Amanda Waller, it's sus- it's pretty suspect, um, you know, like what's going to go on. And also, I think Nightwing's return is something that is going to, we're going to see more of. Because there's got to be a reason they decided to add what Nightwing to the regular cast, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it expands the Bat family and adds like a new dynamic. But also, like, they are playing around with his his whole deal of needing to um live up to like batman the whole like i love the imitating of his voice yeah he's just like like what i what i like most about nightwing is he's a little shitty because most of the bat family are like little shits oh yeah like barbara's probably the best one she's probably the least like of a little shit but like like robin is like a little sassy boy. But, oh wait, wait, wait! Uh, Robin, who is who is still played by Jacob Tremblay. I looked up a photo of Jacob Tremblay recently. He's like an actual grown. He's like a grown person now. It's so strange seeing him from like room when he was. I think in that. He but was, like he eight. sounds like a baby in in. Well, because I think because it was um it was still done oh, during 15. COVID. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. 15. By by grown person, I mean just not like baby face complete oh, baby okay. face anymore um yeah, he's a teenager now yeah so now now he like has full he has consciousness <laughs> i don't know how to describe it it just feels so strange yeah he might have had he might have had a, a uh i was gonna say growth spurt like obviously he's had a growth spurt i mean like he, he might his voice might have dropped but i don't think it was noticeable because there's only been two episodes i digress um but i'm really 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 happy that cons- at least concerning Harvey and I- Harley and Ivy. Mm-hmm. The focus is on Ivy, which we did get. Like I think the show itself has been, despite being called Harley Quinn, has been pretty balanced in showing us like what Har- Harley's doing and what Ivy's doing. Even though Ivy's was more like, how can I fall in love with Kite Man if you know I I'm mm-hmm. I'm a misandrist. I you know, like that was kind of her whole thing. Yeah. Um. And now she really gets to like show off her powers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that they're doing it together, and that's where the conflict and drama has mostly arose. It's not, and it's not, it's not childish drama. It's not like a, a miscommunication issue. It's like Harley has a very specific personality, which Ivy likes about Harley. But it does, it 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 can be disruptive to her her projects and her the things that she needs to get done. And so that's where conflict comes in, and that's something that is naturally occurring in a lot of relationships mm-hmm. is like you have a partner who does have like who has something that does endear you to them but it's also like at this moment it's quite annoying or and it then, makes like you f- or it makes you feel like emotionally vulnerable to the point of discomfort which yeah big on ivy 
and and Harley's like Harley and Ivy are a great couple too because Harley is like explosive and very like she's she's very um impulsive <laughs> and you know manic as that's like kind of her whole fucking deal is how manic she is um and Ivy's like very much subdued cold calculated um and so they like compliment each other but yeah it sometimes grates on on each other's nerves like another thing about like Harley Harley's kind of struggles with Ivy is that Ivy doesn't like have enough self-confidence to do some things mm-hmm. and therefore she she's like indecisive and so Harley tries to help Ivy with her her plans basically and it's like she's like you just need to do something and it's nice seeing them get frustrated with each other like that and then ultimately resolve that and it's nice to know that that that's not going to cause them to break up yeah I will say that the them sticking together, I did want to mention these, I, I had sent you these two videos earlier. I forget which one talked about this specific point, um, but I'm going to say both of them because they're both good. Um, one of them is by a channel called Lines in Motion on YouTube called uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, A Slow Burn Relationship in the Making. And the other is by Lady Emily, also on YouTube, called The Evolving Relationship of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. I forget which one, but one of them talks about um, from more of like the comic book side, and how a lot of um, a lot of comic writers hate keeping people in happy or just mm-hmm. in relationships. Period, because it yeah. can cause stagnation in their uh, in their character arcs and journeys and blah blah blah. But I like that the show, and the, I think they pointed this out as well. They show that. Because even though you are now in a relationship, that's not the end-all be-all. Um, there is still development to be had within that relationship, within that new context. Um, and I feel like that's what this whole season is kind of exploring. That actually... and That's true, and it's true not just for comic writers. I think it's true for any sort of long-form... Long-form writers, so like anybody writing a television show, particularly mm-hmm. in, in comedies, is... Will they, won't they is powerful, and also the sort of deciding to be in a committed relationship is considered to be an end point, like an end cap. Like, Ross and Rachel don't get together in Friends until the very end of the series. Like, they don't fully get together. It's the drama that is created between them wanting to be with each other, and then trying it, and then it's not working, and then but always coming back. And so, that reminds me of something uh, Kayvon Novak actually said, uh, I think during san diego comic-con for what we do in the shadows is he was remarking on a on a on a on the potentiality of a relationship between his character and another character on the show and he was saying like okay but when they get in a relationship like what do they do do they do they just like they start fucking like what's like he was talking about like how do you how do you make this like where do you go from once you establish a relationship thing and i think that that's very like limiting thinking Mm -hmm. um and something that shows kind of the talent of the harley quinn writers um in that like they know that the end of the 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 beginning of relationship is not the end of the show and that because the characters are so interesting and the show itself is so fun to watch like we're gonna have fun even though we know like there's no possible romance between harley and the joker in fact the way they've handled the joker is another thing I really wanted to get into, but I can save that for later if you if yeah. you want to like. I, yeah. I real quick want to jump off of um, one of your points, which was uh, uh, it was who who is it? Katie Novak. 
Kayvon Novak. Kayvon. Kayvon Novak. Um, talking about, like, the, the, where, like, what do they do? They just go straight to fucking, because I, again, as I've said before, I am part of a lot of subreddit shit. Um, Mm. and so I've joined, obviously, Harley Quinn's subreddit. Um, I'll probably be posting a link about this there. Um, but what, some of the stuff I've seen in there, uh, includes people, a lot of them, like, there are plenty of people who are making, like, valid criticisms, like, or even people who don't realize why, they, what they are, what the reason behind them criticizing a certain aspect of the show is, and then people discussing it with them, which I think is a very uh, constructive way of doing things. But there are also people saying, um, and this one's it's harder to discuss with people, um, and kind of come to a... Um, come to a, a better understanding, but a lot of people are saying that the relationship feels super rushed and forced in how they all of a sudden are calling each other honey and babe and blah, blah, blah. But one thing that people don't really think about is the fact that, like, if you've seen any relationship between relatively young people, that's how it works. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yes, le- yes, lesbians, there's the joke about, like, you met a week ago, we're gonna U-Haul ten cats and a ranch house in the middle of Colorado. Yeah, there are jokes about that. They are funny. <laughs> I enjoy those jokes. But, <laughs> um, I met this girl at a cafe the other day. We just put a lease on a new Subaru Forester. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Always a Subaru. I love Subarus, though. Hey, um, they're the lesbian cars. Dude, well, they're good for short people, too. That's the thing. I drive a Subaru Forester. I'll, I'm in love with it. It's a great car. It is. It's actually really... It, as a, Okay, for anyone who's short and, like, needs a car... Yes, obviously. So Subarus are kind of, like... Depending on the year, can be expensive. But Subaru Foresters, I think even going back to, like, 2008 or before, even, they have it where... The amount that you can pull the um or push the push the steering wheel in, combined mm-hmm. with the amount that you can bring the seat up and forward, is perfect for if you're like under five feet, which is a curse usually. Um, I drove a pickup today, I experienced that. Um, <laughs> so there's a car. We're we're not like no sponsorship from Subaru. We're just both New Englanders. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're both gay New Englanders, so that's yeah. how we got Subarus. Maybe, do you think, it's not just a Connecticut thing, it's definitely like, no, no, there's, no, every car in Maine is a, is a Subaru. That's true, like, that is true. It's a definitely New England. It's it's anywhere where, a lot the, of Vermont it's, too. where there's uh, bad, like, winter weather. It's yeah, usually. or like very, very tight or windy roads. Um, yeah. Like trees everywhere. Um, what, what were we talking about? We were talking about, um, oh, oh, oh uh, the speed of the Reddit. speed. Yeah, the speed yeah. of relationships. Like, if even, even looking at, like, straight couples, like, they, when you hit it off, people just go, like, gangbusters, like a bat out of hell. You just immediately, like, dive into it. It's nuts. Like, I've never been in one, but I've seen plenty of people just, like, going for it. And people don't realize that. Because when you're in that relationship, I, I from what I can tell, you don't um, you don't realize that you're going at such a speed because you're so caught up in everything. Um, I think it's also worth pointing out, like the previous relationships of Harley and Ivy. Like 
Ivy's was a little more normal, but I think a lot of it was her trying to convince herself that this is something that's good for her. Even though Kite Man was technically a villain, which I don't know anything about Ka- Kite Man, so you help me out there. Um, uh, I only know- oh god, something fell. Um, <laughs> it's the flashlight. Um, hold on. Okay. Uh, the only- th- <laughs> I only know of his existence because of the YouTube channel Captain Midnight. Uh, they always use them in the in the intro and like how pathetic he is because <laughs> he just okay, uses so, a kite. <laughs> but but Kite Man was to Ivy settling, and yeah. I think they both kind of knew that. And so her her last relationship, like they called each other babe and stuff. Kite Man was a little more into it than than she was, but they did call each other like pet names. Mm-hmm. Harley's previous relationship was with someone who was actively abusing her and one that she very much did not enjoy so now they're both in a relationship with a person they're they're in love with someone who they've known for a very long time but have 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 actually only been able to express this kind of love in a very short amount of time so it makes perfect sense to me that that they do like does it seem a little sudden yes but are they two people who really really wanted who probably for a long time were in love with each other and didn't even really think about it that way who are now finally kind of making up for lost time in both the sense that their previous relationships were kind of shitty and their current relationship is something that they've been waiting for for a long time. Yeah. And it's also, like, they've been friends for, like, very close friends for a while. Like, you, like the, like you've you already now. gone past, like, the first step of relationship. <laughs> like, becoming to the point of friends. <laughs> or at least of long... Ones that are long-term relationships. You have to, like, be able to be friends and, like, enjoy someone's company, period, for it to really Mm -hmm. work, you know? And you can tell, too, because Ivy, particularly with a character like Ivy, who is so uh, closed off from most people, the fact that, I mean, Kite Man's special in that regard, too, that that she was able to, like, actually like Kite Man, even though she dislikes most people. (laughs) But um, the fact that Harley... Has, has an established sort of, re- like, like Harley probably knows the most about Ivy uh, compared to anybody else in the show or in, in any sort of comic canon. And so, like, it's, that's an important, like, that's part of their foundation for the relationship, even though it's not all shown. Yeah, we haven't been watching them from the very beginning, but we don't need to in order to understand the way that they feel ab- about each other, because they make that pretty damn clear. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I'm. I found an image uh, real quick that I'm sending you. It's an alt for anyone who wants to look. Um, it is an alternate. How is it too big of a file? Discord. It's. It is literally an image. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna do screenshot stuff. Um, but for anyone who wants to look it up, it's the. Uh, it's the hardcover. Um, it's the hardcover copy of uh of the eat bang kill tour it's called volume one but that's the only volume it's ever going to be so i don't know why they called it oh it's like the collective well they might you know what if they want to like add more maybe they're just keeping it open in case they wanted to do another like Um, run i don't know yeah that's fair i mean like they yeah um but basically uh there's some bonus pages in there uh and one of them is a sad Gordon sketch, and it is—I love it quite a bit. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll like take it a screenshot and put it on the website. Um, I just sent it to you, Liz. 
Liz doesn't see it. Oh, wait, here it is. Oh, my yeah. God. Sad Gordon. Oh, that- are we going to talk about the other characters in the show? Yes. Or? Yes, we okay, are. Cool. Um, we, can, we can go on to them before going further into the actual, like, following episodes and stuff. Like, specifics. Um, yeah. Bane. Bane. We love Bane. Oh, my God. I love just, like, the... the oh, the bank teller's, like, uh, California Valley Girl accent, and then just going into... Are you depressed? <laughs> Okay, yeah. To give some to give some background, um, I know we always go in with the assumption that people uh have seen the yeah. media that we're talking about. I mean, about, we we but... recommend you to see it, but that doesn't mean we're forcing you to see it. So kind of on yeah, onus is on. If us. you haven't, if you don't have HBO Max or or don't like to pirate or whatever, doesn't you haven't exposed yourself to the show? Um, there. So it is it is about Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. But it's also about the supervillains and villains of Gotham in general, and also, to a lesser extent, the superheroes of Gotham. Um, And Bane is an absolute delight. Bane is pathetic. A lot of the the villains actually are pathetic, or they're just shitty. And they're not shitty in, like, a very... And actually, this is what I wanted to point out. And again, I can talk about it later if you don't want to talk about Joker, but I did want to point out... The, the thing about the villains in Gotham is that almost none of them are cool. Mm-hmm. Like, none of them are are guys you would want a poster of in, in your room. I'm thinking of the, those college guys who have the Joker in their room. Oh, uh, God. They're all varying degrees of lame or, or, like, petty. And that's funny because they are villains. So you're like, yeah, they do kind of suck. But they suck in ways that kind of endear you to them. Bane... For example, as I said, is pathetic. Like he, pathetic because he's bad at socializing, and a big part of of seeing the villains is seeing the way that they are kind of like all f- friends or co- or they consider themselves really more coworkers. And Bane is like that one coworker that for whatever reason nobody likes, and he tries so hard for people to like him. And he's just a nice he- guy. He's just kind of pathetic. <laughs> and it's so funny because he does have his own internal sense of like. Uh, not it's not quite justice. It's more like what's polite, and he's mm. very polite. Yeah. Um. And so one of the things you see a lot in um, in uh, season three, the the kind of I'm gonna call it like a Z plot because it's not really a plot at all. But every time you see Bane, he he bugs Harley and Ivy for the for a pasta maker, um, like a po- uh, a pasta maker that he gifted ivy for ivy and kite men's wedding and he just wants it back and so he spends the entire series uh we're up to seven episodes now asking about the goddamn pasta maker going to the point of almost blowing up the place where harley and ivy reside actually he does do it doesn't he? no 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 because it's it's no? ivy ivy has a failed uh eden serum trying to like do what she did oh, with, yeah, with the yeah, first yeah. eden and he sees it blow up he's like in the parking lot and then he just says i feel nothing <laughs> And oh, yeah, contemplates, contemplates further. Should I go see a therapist? <laughs> yes. Eventually we'll see, I think, a mentally healthy Bane, but we're not there yet. He's getting there. He's seeing a therapist. He, that's We learned that in the Owl episode. But if you're wondering, yes, Bane is doing the Dark Knight Rises Bane voice. It's beautiful. And, like, his, look, so his look is kind of inspired by that, but I think probably also some comics. It's. Um, I believe it's actually the original Bat. The '90s Batman animated series is is the uh, 
is where he gets his mm, design his from. Design? If I remember I correctly. Know, I know I a, lot a lot of these good. designs are from that, so. Yeah. Mm. Which is great. Also great if you haven't seen it. It's Every piece of Batman animated anything is fucking amazing. I don't know how they do it, but it's um, that series is so fun. You're right. It is the 90s Batman. Well, it's kind of 90s Batman, but also like, I think from, from a, is that from a movie? It's not. It's yeah, not it's from, from Bat- the- Batman and Robin. Also, kind of like it's a mix because oh, really? those designs are pretty similar. Yeah. Batman and Robin the comics or Batman? No, and Robin no, no, the movie. the movie. That one movie, which I've never Bane? watched. There was Bane and Batman and Robin. Apparently, and he's kind of gr- his skin is kind of green for some reason. Oh shit! Oh yeah, yeah he's dressed like he has the luchador with the yeah. Oh, Joel Schumacher's situation. Yeah. Oh, he was. He was really skinny. Oh, man. He was really skinny. I've never seen Batman and Robin, to be honest. Me neither. Wow. Um, what, were we, what were we going on? Other characters. Um, I, I'll i be honest. Like, as fun funny as I think, like, Batman's simping can be and, like, Catwoman's, like, aloofness, I am not really... I don't really care for what, what they're doing with the whole, like, trying to find some sort of resolution to one of them being super needy and one of them not wanting to have somebody who's clingy um ultimately i like selena kyle as aloof like it doesn't make sense for her to actually love batman and i think it's there's pretty like there's pretty long precedent save for that one comic uh series where he actually marries selena kyle oh i didn't know Um, there was one yeah there there's one it's Hmm. i guess uh I can't remember the name of it, and nobody get on me about this. I don't read the comics. Um, I want to, but I don't. Uh, but I-, I prefer Selena being like, I'm better than you. And also, like, because it makes sense. To me, at least. Because Batman, being a, a, considered a hero, has an amplified sense of, like, how good he is. Like, he can use his moral basis mm-hmm. to, like, be like, you must, you know... You you gotta choose me. I'm mo- I'm the morally good option. Whereas mm-hmm. Selena Kyle, she she can she can be good. She can be bad. She, her whole the whole point of her character is that she can be whatever she wants to be, mm-hmm. and that can be Batman's girlfriend. But if she wants to leave, she needs room to breathe, basically. Yeah. And so like, I don't. Th- they're like, as of the most recent episode, they are like officially broken up. And I think that that's where it's got to stay because I, A, I'm not, I'm not invested in there, there being yeah. a couple at all. Like there's, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what Batman does. Um, and I like Batman. I, I like, like Batman his, as a I character. I like his, uh, cat parents going on. That, I love how, path- another thing about pathetic characters, I like how pathetic they make Batman because one, we're, we're watching a show about villains. It makes sense to turn the good guys into kind of like little like kind of pathetic shits Mm -hmm. it makes sense and i still like batman even though he is like clinging to selena and he's he's needs therapy like beating up beating up goons is not therapy my man yeah i mean it's like both sides are so petty and obsessive it's like in real life you just find him very very pathetic and like childish so that's what they're showing them as but um I, I I enjoy Batman and Selena's characters. 
I just found things like their um their music therapy session stuff. Like I I didn't really yeah, care for it. That was yeah. I thought that was really straight. I didn't know whether or not they were trying to go for like actual good singing or for like like mediocre singing. I just it just didn't seem like a tune really. I think selena kyle's voice actress i think mm-hmm. catwoman's voice actress was actually supposed to be sounding good and i think she did okay yeah. but hot diggity damn the guy who plays batman i don't know the voice actor i don't know yeah. any of the voice actors i, other I than have Kaylee to Cuoco. assume he was going for like bad because it yeah. was bad yeah it was it's fucking just flat yeah it's just weird because they didn't like visibly frame it like that i th- like, you expected it to be one of those things that, like, start off, like, where they're both bad, but then they go into, like, a fantasy where they're both technically, they both think yeah. they're good, but then it pulls, the camera pulls out, and they, like, sound terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, that feels like maybe that's what they were going for, uh, but it, it, it didn't really turn out. Um, part of, part of Harley Quinn is, is kind of her ensemble, um, mm-hmm. and as, you know... Ivy is obviously a big part of her ensemble, but we also have um, King Shark. King Shark, as as King a Shark. drunken me at at CT Ren Fair said many times when we were watching the Suicide Squad, King Shark. Oh, oh, also James Gunn, the Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, it's a that's a good movie. You want to watch a good? You want to watch a good DC movie? Watch the James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. I also enjoyed and, Birds of Prey. It like it, it. I feel like there. It's probably fifty fifty whether or not it, you enjoy it because there are some parts that are just like eh. But mm. I thought it was fun. I thought it was energetic. I think. I think also. I think most people when they, uh, when they are coming into Harley Quinn the animated series or coming into a DC property, they are probably thinking of the most recent. Uh, like presuming they're not familiar with the comics, they yeah. probably are coming from that perspective. And so I think it's actually really funny um, to uh, we'll get back to King Shark in a minute. It's really funny to consider, like, say your your most recent experience in the Gotham universe is watching the Batman or the Joker or um, Suicide Squad, the bad one. And then you come in and you watch Harley Quinn, the the way that the characters are that you might be used to because that's how DC in the movies portrays them. Like it's, it's very funny to me and I, I'll explain a little more, but at first I want to talk about um, the man, the myth, the legend King shark, King shark. He is voiced by Ron Funches, who, if you do not know who that is, he is quite frankly, one of the funniest fucking people I think just ever, but most importantly as like a voice actor, he's so, he's so funny. He's just good. He's just good, man. Like, he's got a way of just turning everything. Like, here's the thing about King Shark in Harley Quinn is that he is not, he is not the muscle. He is the brains. He was brought in as a tech expert to round out their crew. Um, and he is, hasn't been doing a lot of tech stuff recently, but in the first, like, couple, like, in the first season, at least, he was, like, his whole thing was, like, hacking and shit. The social media guy, too. Yes, he was also in charge of Harley's um, sort of PR presence on social media and stuff because she was trying to rise to, uh, like, best villain or worst villain. I don't know. Basically, yeah. Or well, villainous she was also, enough. She was trying to get a. Um, she was trying to get a, uh, a nemesis who was oh, yes. Robin, the the ten year old. 
Um, and obviously, it's it's a very Wait, funny. Oh shit! He was in the babysitter. Oh fuck yeah! Ron Funches. Yeah, I forgot yeah. he's in the baby. I thought I recognized his face. Oh my god, that's such a good movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's so much fun. As I said, he's amazing. He's just so funny. Um, but King Shark is great. King Shark um, has two modes. He has this absolute, like, the sweetest, coolest, chillest. Like, he is probably the calmest among the the, the crew, among Harley's squad, unless he smells blood, and then he goes absolutely batshit berserk. Um, but it's it's so fun how you expect, especially the way he's introduced, how you expect him to be, like, similar to the way he is in The Suicide Squad, where he's quiet and just intimidating and a big shark man. And then in Harley Quinn, he's very talkative. He's very sweet and nice and chill. And he's also just, like, again, I, I can't, I can't, like, I can't talk his performance up enough. Ron Funches is just so funny. I don't know how he does it. He's just so funny. Yeah. Uh, Are you reading IMDb? <laughs> uh, I'm 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 looking up the name of his character in the Babysitter just because I can't remember <laughs> the names of the characters. So ignore me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember. Um, <laughs> ignore me. Ignore me. Um, um, uh, Clayface. Clayface. Alan Tudyk. Oh yes. Uh, another absolutely. I mean, Alan Tudyk. I think is such a good choice too because Alan Tudyk is known for his expansive. Um. I don't know, his expansive wardrobe, I'll say, of characters when it comes yeah. to his other, like, voice acting and acting ventures. And also um, it's kind of like Looney Tunes, like, over-the-top uh, roles as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, if y'all remember Hey Hey the Chicken from Moana, that's your man, Alan Tudyk. He, was he also, obviously is He was in Wreck-It Ralph, but... too. He was the, the villain in that. Oh shit! Yeah, he was. Um, he was also in Frozen, I think. He was Frozen as yeah. the Duke of Weselton, yeah. and then he was also in Zootopia as Duke Weaselton, a weasel. Um, but he's all, like obviously he has he's more prolific as um, he played he's like D. Bradley Wash Baker in uh, Firefly. Yeah, um, he played K two S O in um, Rogue oh, yeah. One. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. He's just he's super. He's super good. And then Clay Clayface as a character is also funny because he's another big, big character. And when I say big, I mean like physically large. And he's also not the muscle. He's the uh, master of disguise uh, archetype in a in a crime squad. He is bad at character consistency, but he wants to be an actor. In fact, you kind of wonder why he's a villain other than the fact that he's made out of clay. Like, yeah, I think he that doesn't... is basically it. He just is an actor who, like, is struggling and to, like, make ends meet, maybe, like, stole, like, a fucking candy bar, <laughs> and that's it. It's it's deeply ironic that that most of Harley Quinn's squad is made up of genuinely just super cool people. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of why you're, you can easily, more easily get on board. As fun as it is to watch a character that's, like, bad, do bad shit, mm-hmm. um... 
it's much easier to like Harley even when she does bad shit. Even, you know, I mean, it's also kind of p- lends itself to the cartoon val- violence of it all when she's yeah. smashing people's heads in when you're also like, yeah, this is a cartoon. She's not actually a dick, though, yeah. because the one character who I think is the lar- one of the bigger dicks in the show is um, Dr. Psycho, who, oh, yeah. wacky ass name aside, is this he's played is by Tony Hale. C-word. Wait, no, he's Tom Kenny. No, that was Tony Hale. What? That was Arrested Development's Tony Hale. Wait, what? I Hold on. I thought it was yeah, Tom man. Kenny. It sounded so much like him. Nope. Oh my god, I'm fucking Tony Hale. having an aneurysm. Yeah. Uh, but but Dr. Psycho is Jeez, no man. longer a part of Harley Quinn's crew as of season three um, because he's actually the only one who's legit a dick. Like, of, of all the other villains, except for maybe Maxi Zeus, of all the other villains who are like kind of cool, like Riddler's pretty fun. I wish they kind of kept Riddler on for a little while, more a little longer because it's fu- it's fun seeing him show up at things. Um, and he he's played by uh, Jim Rash, who plays the Dean in Community. Um, oh my God, uh, Riddler and Clockface! I love their whole like dynamic at the um, at the villies. at the villies. at the Oscars of the villains, basically. Um, yeah. and the the way that they like interact with Harley and the whole like oh she's like we have to show our new our new puppy. It's it's very it reminds me a lot of my uncle who is gay and his husband. <laughs> they're um yeah, they they stick so the reason why Harley and Ivy are at the villains is because they're nominated for best villain couple. Um Harley had been nominated in the past for being one half of the villain couple Joker and Harley. Um but now she wanted to show up specifically because she would be able to win the villi, take it home because Joker always took it, and also yeah. with a person she actually likes being in a relationship with. But their major competition is the Riddler, yay, and Clockface, who I guess is a villain, but um, they're a gay couple, so they're like two gay couples. Who- First of all, it's 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 WLW MLM anti-solidarity. It is direct competition. And so they're trying to like be the cuter couple together while Ivy's dealing with some shit. But it's also just funny because you have to wonder why the hell are they even a couple? And I don't mean Harley and Ivy, I mean Riddler and yeah. Clockface. Is it his name King? Is this, is he not King Clock? Is he Clockface? No, it's Clock it's Clock King cuz then there's Cock, Cock King. King. Clock um, King. Yes. But there's um with the whole like ant- like the the antagonism between them i like that there is no like actual hostility between them no. even when it comes to running it's more of like oh no yeah we like try to bribe this guy to like get us our win and that's it like oh well, here have a see see our little our new dog um but it 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 definitely goes the fact that both of them are like are gay couples it goes well with the um whole um uh winning of of the joe chill award which is like the honor honored person a, a lifetime achievement type award of these uh of the villies and it's given to um catwoman who gives a speech about it being because she's black mm. uh it's so a I great like, lambast or, or lampoon of the actual olympics i of love the olympics sorry the, of the oh, oscars wait. wow <laughs> of the olympics yeah well i mean we'll see uh uh, but, um, I love the whole line of, like, a black manta. <laughs> Joker's, Joker just asking, is he, is he black? Because <laughs> he just has a suit on. That's the whole thing with black manta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, 
First of all, I only recently learned who Joe Chill is, so um, if you don't know who Joe Chill is and why he's important and why he has a Lifetime Achievement of Villainy Award, he's the one who killed Batman's parents. Yep. Ha-ha! I didn't know it's, that. It's great. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's it's so funny because the antagonism, yeah, as you said, between Harlivey and the, the Clock King Riddler couple is the fact Clock that they... <laughs> Clockler, yes. Riddle King, Riddle King. Oh, it's <laughs> That's you're right. It is. I think they were. <laughs> they made jokes about that too. Is that they're? Yeah, again, they're not actually mad at each other. They're just both competitive. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is very spiriting between gay and lesbian couples. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Joker has a, a very awful. He's hosting the Villies, and he has the worst, <laughs> the worst two minutes of my life, which is it's him doing like, like a it's rap. It's so like James Corden or at like, the Tonys. James Corden at the Tonys. Jimmy Fallon or um, oh, what's the other late night show guy? James. Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy, no. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Oh god, oh, the 2018 just... Oscars Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> you could just put James Corden in there twice. He's annoying for, for two Any minutes. James or Jimmy that's like a talk show host, basically. They're all, they're all James. <laughs> all of um, them. Yeah, but it was very much like a oh get a load of this guy because it was so oh man even the even the, the forced hip hop of like an older dude yeah it and, is like so... trying to rap and it's just like <laughs> so stilted <laughs> and I think that's that's another reason why I love the way the series handles Joker is because mm-hmm. Joker isn't cool they don't he's never cool he's not cool at any point. He's either desperate or he's lame or he's just a dick, but not in a funny way, just a dick. And then they've actually kind of given him a sort of comeback. They spent the entire first season positioned as the antagonist to Harley. She beats him, spoiler alert, um, and he gets what we assume is murdered. But instead, he just becomes normal. I don't remember if they explained how that happens, but it was he, it was some like amnesia thing. Uh, he became a normal than, guy for a little yeah. while, and then he became he was like a bartender. Unnormaled, he became Jokerified, but he maintained <laughs> he got Jokerified, the. He got a red pill. <laughs> he got Jokerified, but he maintained the things that he had the the relationships and stuff that he had built, um, while he was normal. So season three Joker is a sitcom stay-at-home dad, but still the Joker, and it is my favorite. It is the 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 absolute antidote to the why so serious ass new crop of Joker fans who just are obnoxious and think he's like he's unpredictable, he's a maniac, he's insane, he's he's so he's so uh, you know so edgy. He's so edgy. The, yeah. This Joker is not edgy at all. He He's his his Joker. main villain now. His main villain is a PTA mom, <laughs> like <Yes. laughs> Debbie. And his main motive is doing things for his kids. He runs mm-hmm. for mayor because his kids can't get into a in a into a a like special Spanish class, and their their mom, his wife, is uh, Latina. So he just he he starts to like I think he attempt he's gonna attempt to like poison her or something like a whole fucking he tries to do it the nice way and then he just goes off the rails trying to run for mayor. Yep. Um. And speaking of running for mayor, he's now Jim. Mayor. He is now mayor as of as of two episodes ago. 
But also mm-hmm. speaking of people who were running for mayor, Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> James yep. Gordon. He, he continues his his run as a very again. I feel like this. I feel like saying this word so much it makes it makes it feel weak, like weaker than the actual meaning is. But again, he's he's a pathetic character. He's, he's obsessed so with Batman. He's obsessed with his the idea of like of um stopping all crime even if he's not actually doing anything um he befriends clayface's hand in like season two. Oh my um, god yeah clayface gets his hand cut off in a in a in a heist gone wrong and it becomes its own little by the way that was tom that was tom yeah Kenny that was tom Kenny for sure. playing clayface's hand this little like he basically grows little legs, but it's still a hand. It it's has just a little SpongeBob. Face. <laughs> it's just a SpongeBob voice. <laughs> it it is a it is like a higher pitch SpongeBob voice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's he's like not he's he isn't able to to keep the respect of his daughter. He eventually he's an took. Yeah. At the end, at the end, he he doesn't understand Two Face, meaning like you're two-faced, you're gonna, you're gonna backstab somebody, and <laughs> yes, Two-Face gets, gets uh, actually gets, like, frustrated with him for not understanding that. Um, and eventually... He's, he's hilariously bad. In fact, it makes sense that he's so bad at crime, and, and at, at everything, because mm-hmm. otherwise, why would Batman, if he were, cap- if Jim Gordon were capable, as capable as he would need to be in Gotham, why would Batman exist? Yeah. He basically is the reason Batman exists is because he's so piss poor at being a cop, which is also really good satire for the modern day where most cops are stupid and and they're either actively malicious or a waste of resources, as Jim Gordon shows, having spent a lot of money on tanks and body armor for his cops, but not knowing how to use them. It's like a government official who, like, reposts somebody talking about a kid who made, like, a lemonade stand to pay for the parents' health care. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't understand the irony here as the person who is in control. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, the, I love the, I love the fact that he, he, had, he finally understands that, and it's through the Joker of all people, talking to him about being a better person for their child. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That uh, Gordon finally is kind of thinking about um, Barbara, uh, who is not paralyzed, which is nice. <laughs> uh, she's becoming friends with Harley Quinn after an escape room. Uh, to, oh, to that's build the thing. They're like the misogyny shit. We don't want it. Yeah. Throw it away. The the voice actresses um, of Harley Quinn and, uh, and I think I mentioned this to you already, Liz, but voice actresses of Harley Quinn and Batgirl are actually, um, are siblings. They're sisters. So, oh, Kaylee Cuoco has a sister? Apparently. Oh, hold on. I gotta look this up now. Yeah, I was told Brianna. This. Okay. Brianna I, I was gonna say, I was told this by somebody, and I'm hoping that they weren't lying to me, because <laughs> I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. Okay, good. good. She's, she's Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Um, so that's always, like, hearing them in a scene, like, where they're fighting or just, like, arguing and stuff, like, is always fun. Um. And they're both actually great casts for the roles, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Batgirl is, like, very excitable. She sounds, she's very, in fact, it makes sense that they're, they're kind of pulling them together as friends now because they're, they're similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's um, the same. They, it's the same type of personality, but applied to different sides of the coin. 
Yeah, exactly. They're they're both very very yeah enthusiastic, and and I wanted to to touch on this too about while speaking of voice actors, which I also wanted to give commendation to the voice actor for um, Joker because his his dynamic range is kind of amazing when you think about like especially when he's saying normal shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he like what you see a lot of in the most one of the more recent episodes um is that he's still able he still has a lot of pitch modulation which makes him sound jokery um especially when you compare to other like previous jokers um it's a it's a skill that mark hamill had and it's a skill that um uh you know that he has and it's 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 good um but kaylee cuoco I feel like a lot of people only know her from the Big Bang Theory. Maybe if you've seen The Flight Attendant, I've heard it's very good. I have not seen it. Um, but, I've never seen The Big Bang Theory, so I just don't know her. But if you're someone who's coming from that point of reference, and you hear Kaylee Cuoco as Harley Quinn, who made that acting decision? Because you're like, she was just the bimbo character on a, on a middling comedy that went on for way too long. But she, like the joker's voice actor whose name escapes me although if you i'm, I'm looking for it now i'm looking for it now uh why is it not on the it's not on the on the imdb like hold on hold on that's a top cast why is the joker actor not on the top cast <laughs> um probably because he doesn't have a main a main uh that's, yeah i guess okay here we go oh here we go uh let's see uh Who's Tawny? Who's Tommy? No, Tawny. Tawny like, is the, the Tawny is like the um Tawny is the is like oh, the, the oh. Wendy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um Um Okay, wait. James Gunn appears before Joker. What is happening? What is going on? Maxi Zeus appears before Joker. Okay, wait. Maybe it's because somebody. Oh, I think he's a. Role. I think he's a multiple act. Um, yeah, multiple wait, credit role. Yeah, uh... Maybe it's Dietrich. Is it Dietrich Bader? It's not Dietrich Bader. No. Maybe it's Christopher Maloney. I'm gonna in the editing. I'm gonna skip to whenever we find the person. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Rahul Coley was Scarecrow. Holy shit! Mm, Hi. If you don't know who Rahul Coley is, he's great. It's not Rory Scoble. It would have to be multiple episodes. It'd have to be Yeah, it'd have to be a like a Who bunch has multiple of so it'd have to be toward the top. It's the guy who plays uh, Kite Man? Is it whoever Samson is? No. It can't be it can't be Matt Oberg, can it? No, is he it plays Andy Daly? No, Two Face. Just all That can't be Andy Daly. Is it James Adomian? Adomian? No, he's Adomian? just Bane. He's just Bane. Is it the guy who plays the Riddler? It's funny that Wayne Knight plays the penguin. Uh, is the guy who plays Commissioner Gordon. It's just Commissioner Gordon. It's not Charlie Adler, uh, is it? No, that's one it? episode. Is he not a guy? No, he, he has to be a person. He's gotta be a dude. Uh, oh god, why is it lagging out? No, IMDb. Uh, Don't do this. Don't do this. Uh, JB Smoove. JB Smoove is also great as Frank the Pope. No, 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 it is Alan Tudyk. Shut up! You Clayface oh, slash I'm Joker. Gonna eat, I'm gonna eat my hat. Clayface slash Joker. Oh my bro. god, you're totally right. Holy shit. Yep. Yep. 
I'm dude. Why? Why am I not surprised? It's fucking Alan Tudyk. He has such a range. It's fucking Alan Tudyk. It's now Alan that now Tudyk. that I know that, I'm gonna Damn. be able to tell. That's the weird thing. Damn. I I really thought it was some nobody. Wow. 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 No, I it's just Alan Tudyk being Clayface Al- in real being life. Fucking amazing. <laughs> He's wow. That is absolutely. I I'm 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 truly truly flabbergasted by that. Honestly, he's like he's like he's like um uh, Bradley D Baker where he's like he can do everything D Bradley Baker like yes. D Bradley Baker that yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, there's this is a this is kind of a stacked cast cuz Phil Lamar who if you don't know who Phil Lamar is, he's probably best known as Samurai Jack. Um <laughs> but he's he's prolific as well. I mean, you've got you've got freaking Jason Alexander as Cyborgman, Jamie, sorry, I just bought my mic. Uh, Christopher Maloney is Commissioner Gordon. Christopher Maloney is actually also very good actor, very talented. Um, he's he's plays um, in law. He's actually in, he's a main character in Law and Order, De- Detective Elliot oh. Stabler. Um, but yeah, damn, damn. Sorry. Oh, before I forget, before I forget, now that we've gone on this tangent about uh, casting, real quick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. I had mentioned earlier about the the owl episode and like something that was cut. So apparently, um, the showrunners and like writers had wanted to do it where, spoiler alert, they go to like this top secret society meeting, um, and Ivy and Harley are horrified when it turns out to be an orgy, um, and you see that Catwoman and Batman are there, um, and so they had wanted to have Batman going down on Catwoman, uh. You see, literally, you see like a ton of other characters. Apparently, they did not want that for the reason that a hero wouldn't do that, uh, which is a very strange way of putting that. Um, so, like, a hero doesn't, you know, make oh, sure that, that sexual relations are pleasurable to both parties. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was based on that was that was based on something. In the news, somewhat recently. God damn, I can't. But yeah, yes, so I remember that. They yeah. said it. It. It was. It was like they're saying it wouldn't be. Oh, the next episode, by the way, is called Batman Begins Forever. Um, oh damn, damn. Um, good, good callbacks. Batman Begins, Batman Forever. Yeah. Um, but wow, wow. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they they they, they were. I remember this tweet thread about uh, heroes not reciprocating uh, oral. Pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like heroes. Heroes got to get their game back, dude. <laughs> mm. Get get down there, bro. Um, but yeah, no, that was a that was I thought it was I love Bane in the background trying to carboload before the. Uh, He's trying to carboload, and then he has like he has apparently- a giant ass sub sandwich. <laughs> Well, also apparently his his arms are like robotic or whatever. Oh yeah, because so he, he has one gone gun arm, arm off and yeah. turns it into like a dildo or something like that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's, it's, this season is absolutely like it's so funny. Like the amount of jokes per second, I think, to me at least, at least to my memory, are are so frequent. Yeah, like I I I'm someone who thought like. Even this season, I think all of them are kind of, like, hit or miss. A lot of the jokes are hit or miss, and I'd say, like, maybe 35% of the time they miss for me. But mm-hmm. with the speed that they're told and how many are told within such a short amount of time, like, 
I end up, I've, like, ended up laughing out loud, like, literally. Um, so, I think that even if you don't enjoy some of the jokes, you'll still find something to enjoy throughout the series. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I personally, to me, I think it's pretty damn funny. Um, I just saw in a trailer for the third season, Joker beating a Robin to death with a crowbar, and I don't know if that's the a reference to the Red Hood uh, I was gonna say I sent that video like not that long ago to the to the group chat. <laughs> Which can anybody answer me? Why wasn't he wearing shoes? I don't know, but Joe DiMaggio, who played the Joker in that one, I've never seen the actual movie or whatever it is. But Joe DiMaggio does a really, really good job. Like he, he plays Jake the dog. He and, does a very uh, yeah. and and Fen- Bender Bender from Future. Yeah, Bender. Um, and it's it is really really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know about the shoes. I don't know about the shoes. I, it's the one thing. So it's a for fetish. for a little bit more context, <laughs> um, recently, uh, yeah, was it J- Jackie shared a video uh, of clips from the movie Under the Red Hood, where Joe uh, John DiMaggio was cast in the role of Joker, which is really cool because, um, I mean, I didn't know he played Joker in any ever. Um, and John DiMaggio ha- is known for having a very deep, very specific voice. Um, if, yeah, yeah uh, uh, Jake the Dog, Bender, King Zog, and um, uh, Disenchanted, like, t- to- totally a very specific, frequent, but f- specific voice. And so his performance as Joker is really, really strong and very threatening. Um, but one of the videos is, sh- uh, one of the clips is sh- he's shown basically beating up uh robin with a crowbar and mm-hmm. um uh Ro- robin he's has not wearing shoes robin's not wearing shoes. shoes he's wearing his full robin outfit sans shoes mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna let this go because i'd like to know why <laughs> oh by the way i think the, the first cl- thing to the, go? the clip you saw in the trailer that's the one at the beginning of the villies before he starts rapping oh yes you're the whole, like, right setup, and then he stands up and like dances with oh with my god yeah like, you're, to- you're totally right yeah wow and they so reference they painful. reference that super dark scene where he's killing spoiler alert for a movie that came out 20 years ago I, yeah i think he kills him where he killed well no 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 the whole thing about no? red hood is that he, he they thought he killed robin because he was like, the whole idea is that Batman carries guilt from the death of the first Robin by Joker, and it turns out the first Robin didn't actually die, became Red Hood, and then gets mad oh. at, jo- at Batman because Batman had the opportunity to kill Joker and then never did. Um, to, and is like, why didn't you avenge my death? And Batman's like, I don't know. I physically can't kill Joker. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, it's just... There are, if you know, if you know what you're looking for, there are also just so many references. Some of, the, I'm sure there are even more references if you're f- really familiar with the comics. I am not, but like, just references to different Batman media. You can tell the people making the show like Batman. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, the um the bit where uh, Nightwing visits the Batcave again and sees. Batgirl's armor and comments on the boobs. I wonder if that is a reference to, um... Oh, no! No, that's not it. That's not it. I'm misremembering, because it's talking about the 
No, isn't it? One of the Batman movies, I'm pretty sure, one of the live-action Batman movies, I think by uh, Schumacher, has, like, bat nipples. Yeah, uh, George Clooney as his, his, I think it's George Clooney as Batman, which I think was the Schumacher films. Yeah, that was Schumacher. Has metal nipples on, like, in in the chest plate of the Batman suit. Which is, it's like, it's, it's, (laughs) like, if it were, because you see that on stuff like, um, old uh old roman and greek armor yeah yeah yes but then you have a bat symbol with like extra like thick pecs and it's just <laughs> it's a, it's a it's bat a with nipples design. it's a bat with nipples <laughs> yeah it's it's one with of the human where nipples if, you, if you're coming through if you're coming from the perspective of oh it is very much like a greco-roman like a like a spartan chest plate then you it kind of makes sense, but you're right. The fact that it's the nipple, it's not trying to be realistic. Yeah. In the because there's a damn bat symbol on the chest. Yeah. So, like you like, can the have rest the, of it's, the rest, rest of it's way too over the top for it to like work. The, yeah. That and then you're just look. like, oh, so of all the details you had to include on the suit, the nipples were one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the bat butt and the bat credit card. Wow. <laughs> Um, never leave the house without it. Never leave the house without it. Um, oh, oh do you need to go? By the way, I mean, nah, we, we're well past. I was gonna make, I was gonna make two sort of comments, okay. and then we can kind of wrap up, and you can talk about the comic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, okay, one thing about Nightwing, Harvey Guillen, who is in What We Do in the Shadows, which I mentioned previously, Harvey Guillen is Nightwing is a is a fabulous surprise, um, because. I absolutely love Harvey Guillen, and I'm surprised that he was cast because his voice isn't isn't deep. He's putting on like a very a rather deep sort of raspy Batman esque voice. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's he's much lower and quieter than he is in other roles, and he's not particularly loud in some of his other roles, uh, namely as Guillermo in um, What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. And he's also just an exuberant personality, so his casting on as Nightwing is a really interesting one. And I think he's doing a fantastic job with it, especially because this Nightwing is like a whiny emo. <laughs> as as we've pointed out, everyone's kind of a loser, and Nightwing is no exception. Um, and he like wants to be, he wants to come back, and because he was the first Robin, he wants to be like back in his like superhero edgy zone, and like like he wants to work alone like Batman, but also the Bat Family is a thing, and so. <laughs> It's just it's just so funny and a funny performance, um, and I'm I I'm hoping that because they introduced him in this season, that next we'll we'll see a lot more of him, and understand why he came back a little more, in the coming yeah. seasons. Well, I mean, uh, I think it's I think the because I I had read about this the when he's in the um, escape room with Ivy, he's talking about like his failures and stuff. Mm-hmm. He killed somebody called Blockbuster, not after the not after the uh, dead movie rental chain. Well, they're both um, dead now. Because apparently, some some other villain uh, or antihero convinced him that he had to kill the guy or girl. I forget which. Had to kill Blockbuster because Blockbuster knew uh, Nightwing's identity, like true identity, um, and ended up killing the person. So that's like the reason for returning. Mm. Yeah, because he feels like he feels like he failed because he killed a dude. Yeah, I'm excited to yeah. see see more like kind of Bat Family chaos mixed with 
the delightful chaos of Harley Quinn. My second, the second thing I kind of wanted to talk about, um, was the the was the designs of the characters and the way that they differ and the way that they're the same of other previous animated and live action and comic versions of the characters. Mm-hmm. I think I am most, I most love, well. Okay, my favorite Harley, and this is pr- purely my bias, my favorite Harley Quinn outfit will be the full Jester's outfit. Mm-hmm. I think it's the cutest. It's the most fun to look at. But I love I love the version they went with for the show, which is very athletic. She's wearing basically like these like cute little uh, like spandex shorts. She's wearing these like sh- uh, sneakers with pom-poms. She has a little crop top sort of bra thing like she's still like kind of sexy in a lot of the the more um recent ad- adaptations have shown her to be mm-hmm. but she still feels very like capable and comfortable instead of the like goofy hammer she's got a baseball bat like she's very much a like kick in your windows kind of design and she's not mm-hmm. over sexualized like she shows a lot of skin but her her body is muscular like she's very like, she's a very good character design, in my opinion. And they've got the yeah. different colored hair, which I think everybody loves about uh, the Harley Quinn, uh, like, the modern design. I think love people love the two-tone hair. I'm not sure. Yeah, and the, the two-tone uh, eyeshadow, Eye makeup, too. yeah. yeah. Um, and overall, she's just... It's such a good uh, design, too, because it allows her to really break away from J- Joker and to break away from being... A harlequin and she's more like a circus acrobat in my opinion like yeah. i feel like that's more the direction she she's gone rather than being something that's like directly to joker like she still has a a little bit of clown inspiration i think with the coloring because that's very like harlequin like like deck of cards joker coloring um but she's like i like i personally believe that like she's the best of both kind of worlds of being like sexy but also being like really cool and capable and like her outfit's just very cool and her design i just i think is really nice um i think poison ivy's also like super cool again she's like poison ivy's a big improvement in terms of uh she's not wearing a leaf bikini anymore which i think means that we it's a win we've won we've gotten somewhere she's wearing a moto jacket she's wearing some cool ass like legging yeah like even the leg like the leggings have that like uh, leaf design, kind of like hearkening back to to yeah, you it still know, has leaves. the ivy part yeah. of her but outfit. It's just not. It's just not wearing like. It's not wearing a floral chandelier over yourself and calling it clothing. <laughs> yeah, it's practical, and for this ivy who's very low key, um, and also. I understand her her sort of femme fatale sort of function, but if her whole thing is that she doesn't like people, to me it tracks that that means she doesn't want to attract people. Yeah. Like, she's got pheromone. We've got them. We've, you know, we've done that. She's got pheromone that makes her irresistible. Why would she also have to dress irresistibly as well? She doesn't want that. That's part of her characterization. So, like, yeah. she dresses instead sensibly, sensibly, comfortably. It's still cool, and it shows off, like, kind of her cool interior as well. It's, like, she's got the moto jacket. She's got the cool boots. Like, she's just, she's a cool lady. She is, yeah. She's a cool, she's a cool 30-something lady. Mm. <laughs> Joker is, um, um 
classic like he, they don't they don't do too much they don't they don't stray too far from i think the general uh design of of the joker's past which is a suit and a guy with green hair but they do keep rather than doing going for the scarred um interpretation they are they keep the more like jack nicholson um whoever played him in the adam west film uh movie uh, show yeah jack nicholson yeah. is that jack nicholson i thought that was schumacher's joker no 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 jack okay. nicholson was the older one too I remember watching one, like, as a kid. Oh. Um, yeah. But they, um, they keep the makeup sort of, like, as his, that's why he, you know. That's which I pre- <laughs> I prefer it. I think it looks better. It it matches, it's the same as in the Batman animated series from the 90s. He's also just mm-hmm. a dude in makeup. And I think that that's fine. I don't. I will. Oh, sorry. You no, no. Um, I was just going to mention about, like, my personal gripes with the scarred editions of Joker. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, um, uh, the, the, um, Christopher Nolan Batman series Joker was, was great. Like, can't complain. Like, that was such a great pr- performance from the actor who's failing me. He's from, you know, Knight's Tale. He was in Brokeback Mountain. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, he was in Lizzie McGuire. Um, yeah. I don't know who you're trying to... The actor who played the Joker. Jake Gyllenhaal? No. Jake Gyllenhaal was in Brokeback Mountain. You're correct about that, but no. <laughs> uh, um, the guy who looked... Oh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is who you're thinking of. No, it's not. that's not who I'm thinking of. No? Joaquin was in the Joker. Um, yeah. But, you, wh- no, this guy passed away in 2008. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about that. We um, have IMDb right here. Joker. I know, I know, but I'm trying to remember. My brother fucking Heath Joker Ledger. Poster. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Um, much like I love that interpretation of the Joker, but I think stylistically, I will always prefer like just makeup Joker. Um, mm. I think it's funnier. I think it looks cooler than trying to have to deal with scarring and shit. And yeah. I don't ever. Th- I th- I like I like Gotham villains as camp characters. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really like them as horror characters and i think as of late some of the comic interpretations of joker i think um what is it it's like batman's last night on earth or whatever oh that's that actually no that one's one where joker's just a head in a in a in a fucking in a little glass like (laughs) thing that's that's where like it's like batman in the apocalypse no what's the one oh it's not white knight there's one where he's like like basically, he's like a face stapled on to his skull or something. It's like oh, I don't like it. I just I feel I, like the the Batman video games. I I have to I have to actually play Arkham I, like, Asylum. Arkham I watched City. my brother play them as like a kid so much, but those ones do capture like the way to do it as horror pretty well. Mm. I think um, just kind of playing into certain strengths that the movies don't really as much. Oh, and um, you still get more Mark Hamill as Batman. Yeah, as, not yeah, as Batman. Yeah. Except, Joker. except, um, except for Arkham Origins, because Troy Baker's jo- Joker in that one. Oh, is he? I thought he was. Is that where Troy Baker Joker is come come from? Because mm-hmm. I know that there's a Joker in um, the Batman Telltale games, and I didn't know if that was Troy Baker. No, or I don't think that's Troy Baker. No, I don't remember. He didn't play Batman in those. I don't think either. I don't know. I just. But he, I know for a fact, he's in Origins. Um, Batman. 
One thing I will say while you look that up is with Joker's design in the show, it worked really well until the for me the makeup the the saturation and brightness of the hair and the red, um, like the red uh, lips the lip. and stuff. Um, the both of those, I feel like they need to turn the shade down a bit for it to work in like suburban color setting. Um, it just for me it's too busy, and too like. I don't know. There's too much like it's like you turn up contrast on like a, a a picture projector or something. There's too it's too jarring of colors to really mesh well um, with like the the duller like school outside the. the but I think that's the sidewalk. personally. I think that that's the point only. And I, and I found who 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 voices the Joker in those games. It's uh, Anthony Ingruber, um, but it. Um, I I like it though because it it reminds you that even though he's doing something so dull and um mundane that he's still the fucking Joker. Like it reminds you that he's still like them dumping him back into the acid still did something. Like it's not yeah. like he's just a normal dude and dresses like a clown, but rather is still like I just I personally I mean, that's that's fair. I really yeah, like it. for me it's just for like my 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 taste in visuals it doesn't it doesn't mesh as well as i'd like yeah, it to fine. but i mean that's that's like again that's eye of the beholder type shit yeah but all there's the other shadow yeah. there's a shadow outside my window i think it's the neighbors moving but it got really big as in it looked like it was almost coming toward my ac for a second oh, shit someone's <laughs> here to steal your ac i'm gonna i'm gonna get murdered man no, don't my do that. My fish are gonna You're watch me get murdered like Batman, seeing his parents get murdered. Oh my god, and then they're gonna become vigilante <laughs> the pearls. fish. The pearls. The pearls. Yeah, the fi- all of a sudden there's like a shit ton of beta fish coming after people <laughs> in the streets. Beta um. man. <laughs> that just sounds like Oh no, the, the new beta male. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, the humans are the beta male cucks. <laughs> Alright, I think we gotta wrap up because I am okay. losing my ability to think. Alright, I am going to transition us into talking about the comics then. Um, we'll say goodbye to Liz um, so that you can go to bed and get to work and do laundry and all that. Yeah, I'm an adult, uh, unfortunately. I oh, can't how are your... How are the cats, by the way? How are your cats? My cats are doing great. Um, I have to actually check right now if Louie came in from the outside. Um, ah. Don't at me. My mom lets them out. It's Look, if I had my druthers and owned the house, I'd be able to keep them in all the time. Um, but they're both doing really great. Kip was fed three times today because he's a, he's a little... <laughs> Jesus. He is so thin and small compared oh. to his brother. Like, like Louie is chonky. Like, he's hefty. Mm-hmm. You pick him up and you feel like you're picking up a bowling ball. Um, mm-hmm. But he's not, like, fat. And then Kip is, like, really light and agile. Uh, but he eats constantly. But ah. they're both they're both doing very, very good. I have two cats if, and I love them very much. If he seems, like, unhealthy... And he might not be, but if he seems at all ever, like, unhealthily skinny... Like then, a thyroid issue? Yeah, exactly. Like an absorption issue. That's... That's, uh... That was a, a concern I had because um, we had we did have a cat that had a I think she had hyperthyroidism, mm-hmm. um, but that was when she was very very old. Um, 
Yeah. Whereas he it can he, it can crop up any time really, but yeah, yeah, young cats it's not super common. Like young dogs as well, it's not super common. He uh he's like I I don't think he would be a thyroid issue. My my only I mean I'm I can't die obviously I can't diagnose and I don't know that much about thyroidism in cats, but he doesn't seem to be otherwise like other than being a hungry little shit most of the time. <laughs> like his he's his uh his behavior is completely normal like He's mm-hmm. active. He sleeps at the, like him and his brother have very similar schedules. So um, yeah. I think he's just a little dick. Is is his situation? <laughs> he's a he's like a, he's a growing boy. He's a he's growing boy. He's probably not growing that he much also, anymore compared. He had to a <laughs> coccidia when he was a when he was a a kitten, Ooh, like a that's little nasty. Like when he was like a month old or whatever, he had yeah. coccidia, and his brother got over it really quickly. But he had to get he 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 had issues. I had to wipe his ass, okay? I wiped my cat's <laughs> ass when I first got him, and he should be grateful um, <laughs> because it was gross. He got poop everywhere. Um, oh, God. But yeah, Having like, a wipe a dog that has diarrhea is, is something oh, I had bro, to Oh, bro. When it's Teddy was good. throwing up bile before he passed yeah, away, like, yeah. that stuff was fucking, it was fucking disgusting. And it smells. It's, bile smells real it bad. It smells so bad. It's black. Ugh. Oh, it's black. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, oh, he had God. he had pancreatic cancer, so yeah, it was a, it was a bad time. But Sweet anyway, man. I'm my... still sad that I didn't get to meet him. Oh, you never met him? I oh. never met him in person. I'm so sorry. He was such a sweet. Yeah. He smelled bad though, so I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah, everyone like you're like you and Steph have always said like he was a stinky boy. <laughs> well, for a while he had rotted teeth, and my mom didn't do anything about it. And then she uh, never took him to get groomed. And with dub- with with double coated dogs, double you coat, should, yeah, you have to get them groomed. Like yeah. no ifs ands or buts. And she's like, it's too expensive. I don't want to do it. And I'm like, you shouldn't have gotten a dog that requires those kinds of things. Yeah, that's the end of the end of the story. <laughs> anyway <laughs> alright we'll okay. see you off and welcome to the segment that totally wasn't done two days later um, I don't know but I think my voice probably will sound a bit higher than before because we were doing that close to midnight uh, I'm now with different co-hosts um, I'm with my beta Remy and the Cory Quintet I'm also here with my beta pomegranate and the tetra 10 aka my fish who have taken over my life um the other two are in the other room because i need space in my room which is essentially a hallway and large heavy fish tanks kind of get in the way of those plans um so uh without further ado i'm gonna go on about the uh harley quinn uh eat bang Kill tour. So this was released after, I believe it was after season two. Um, and it basically carries on after the season two finale where Ivy and Harley are, um, they are experiencing the aftermath of professing love to each other, um, breaking off Kite Man and Ivy's, uh, wedding, all of that. Um, one thing I really do want to say, obviously recommend reading the, the comics. I want to say that uh, one of the huge limiting factors of the show, as is, um, the actual show itself, is the animation. While, of course, there are parts where the animation's really good and creative, it's, it's a, it's a com- it's a comedic, um, it's a comedic sh- animated show 
meant for teens and adults, meaning it's not going to always get the best uh, budget. I feel like most things under that category don't. You have kind of your standouts, but usually they're the more dramatic ones. Comedies, not quite as much. Um, and so you get, while the character models look really nice, and they themselves are very expressive of character, the actual faces and expressions they make uh, can feel pretty static. And so one thing that the uh, comic really does well, I think, is how emotive all of the characters are. Because even just looking at the cover image, which you can find easily online, you'll see that while using the same exact models, um, or I guess in more specifically 2D animation terms, um, it would be the same uh, character model sheet. So giving all the angles and um, basically saying how a character should look with different ex extremes and everything. Um, they're able to get so much, uh, so much like depth and feeling into the, into the faces, which I really, really love. Like that's one of my main things when it comes to animation is even if it's like getting the minute details that can lead to a greater, uh, uh, facial expression of emotion or it's even being able to show those little little hints of emotion that somebody may have in a more grounded way while also not show it, revealing all their cards. Um, I feel like animation does a really great job of that. Uh, one example would be a show like Arcane which does a really good job or it really um, most I'd say a lot of uh, narrative-based video games now because they use a mix of facial capture and hand animators, or hand animated um, uh, rigs, they are able to really get the minute details of every emotion. Um, and I don't know, there's just something so amazing about that. And especially with 2D animation, it's all about the, the, um, not, not, oh god, I can't think of the word, what's happening? My brain's melting. Um, <laughs> It's not about being tr always true to reality. Um, you have you can go over the top and it will feel correct. Um, you're already suspending disbelief in terms of you're watching moving 2D animated images, essentially. You're watching drawings come to life. Um, and so having these bigger, wackier expressions or poses, things like that, it just fits and... Um, so I, that's, yeah, that's a big thing that I really like about the comic. I, I just rambled. Um, <laughs> now that Liz is gone, I am off the rails. Uh, okay, so, with the comic, I actually have, they now released, um, the entirety of the comic into what they call volume one. Uh, I forget if I mentioned that already. I don't think I did. I think I talked to Liz about that separately. Uh. But this is actually written by T. Franklin, um, and the artists are Max Saren and Eric Owen. Uh, all of them really, really well done. Uh, layout, Derek Donovan. Colorist, Marissa Lewis. Uh, letterer, Taylor Ep Esposito. And collection cover artist, Max Saren. And I don't know, I, I don't know how people do it where you have multiple people uh, working on usually animated projects um, or comics where you have to redraw the same character in the same style over and over, but there are multiple people drawing somebody else's style. Like that's, I don't know, I find that incredible how people are able to do that. They're able to replicate each other's style. 
Um, but yeah, the, the posing, the colors, everything in this is super, super good. Um, it kind of, so the, the comic itself is not actually canon to the show. It's almost like a, like an alternate version of, I'd say probably like what we've seen so far up to season or up to episode seven of Harley Quinn. Um, just kind of, it's more focused on Harley and Ivy's relationship and, how each uh, character has their own hang-ups and flaws that they want to overcome because of the other person, but that's not always how it happens, you know? Sometimes things can't be solved purely out of wanting to do it for another person. You gotta learn to want to do it for yourself as well. Um, And so we see that especially with Ivy in this one, um, where she kind of has to get over her tendency to distance people and take the blame for any emotional, physical harm that comes to them. So, obviously, um, after calling off the- well, Kite Man called off the wedding for, uh, with Ivy, but it really really was because Ivy was showing lack of interest. Um, so I think that's kind of where she takes it from. So she takes on that blame of ruining it and hurting people. Um, and throughout it, you start seeing Harley- who, even though she likes kind of more uh, spontaneous things, she loves Ivy, um, she loves all these pieces of her, even the flawed ones, she does, she stands up for herself at some point, saying, you can't treat me like this. I've been trying to give you space, I've been doing what you want, but you've been distant, you've been uh, rude, you've been cold. And I think, honestly, again, it's like with the TV show, it's showing that, um, that it should be obvious, Apparently it's not. Um, queer relationships are just like straight relationships that they aren't. Uh, they aren't cotton candy like bland side characters getting together and no one wanting to talk about because there's nothing to talk about type thing. Um, it's not the end all be all. Being in a relationship as a queer person, that's the thing. Um, and so I think exploring it in this kind of depth, um, both in the comic and the TV show, is really, really neat. Um, there's, there's, it's hard to kind of go into the comic, because I feel like I just would end up saying everything that's in it, and I want people to be able to read it, um, but essentially, it, it, it hits the same beats. It kind of hits the same beats. There's a strip club scene, so there's that, if that tickles your fancy. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's really all I can think of. Frank the Plant doesn't really do much in this one, but we do see, one thing I will say, you do see um, uh, Ivy kind of, if you, if you remember in season, I believe it's one, um, and then later too, where Dr. Psycho basically has uh, all the characters go into Ivy's mind and then into Harley's mind um, and explore around in their mind space. You have kind of a similar thing going on like that with Ivy kind of trying to confront her her fears and trauma. And um, that's where Frank, Frank the Plant does show up there, um, just as kind of like a, a little spirit guide to Ivy, which is cute. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know why I allotted so much time for this. There really isn't that much to say. Besides, just get it. It's really good. Um, I guess 
Liz ain't here. Um, I guess the best thing to say would be, oh, people are moving in. Hold on. People are moving in outside. Oh, okay. All right. So, so the people who lived near me, um, they, please don't do this. Please don't do this to people. They left, um, when the 31st rolled around. We wake up. Outside, there's a barrier of just trash bags and old furniture, and it spans almost the entire width of the house along the sidewalk. I can't even, like, bring my bike out, uh, because it's blocking the one pathway to the- to the sidewalk. Um, we get a fine. Thank God the landlord, uh, said he'll take it on, because it wasn't us. Um... But just don't, don't do that to people who live in the same building as you, especially if it's, you know, like a two, two apartment, uh, small house type thing or duplex. It's just rude. Um, yeah, I just kind of, don't do that. Um, what else to say, really? Um, oh, I will say a few things that are coming up. So, uh, Liz and I are going to be doing Arcane as our uh, season finale. And by season, it's really just for organizational purposes. It's not, uh, we won't be taking a hiatus after that. I mean, we, we kind of end up taking hiatuses between every episode because we have bad scheduling, but it won't be like we're taking a long break. It's just, um, just because I feel like 11, 12-ish episodes is a good point to, to pause and say this is season one and then go on to a new season. Um, we've also kind of figured out somewhat how to do this, uh, and how to organize ourselves, the type of things we want to talk about. We kind of figured out our flow a bit more. Um, so yeah, uh, you'll have that to look forward to. That will drop, hopefully, and I swear to God, I'm going to make sure this happens within the next two to two and a half weeks. I have classes starting, so that might make it a bit harder. Um, but yes, that's the goal. Um, another episode that will come out. It will probably just be a mini-sode that I'll do alone. Um, as many of you know already, I'm super into The Last of Us, and tomorrow, actually, The uh, Last of Us, the first game's remake for the PS5 comes out. I have pre-ordered it because I'm a tool, um, and uh, I will be... I'll play it, and I'm gonna give some, like, first impressions as well as just thoughts on it, uh, and yeah... If you like that content, then you got that to look forward to, but otherwise you have Arcane coming up later. Um, and then I guess I will do our little outro. So, um, my fish and I and Liz, uh, say thank you for listening. Um, if you listen this far, thanks for hanging in there for my, what was it, like 12 minutes of just rambling bullshit, basically. Um, and you can always find us on, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, uh, various other platforms, as well as you can get to our direct link at rss.com slash queerly. You can also find our website at www.queerlyapodcast.com, and there you can find access to all the episodes, as well as bios, which I'm going to get Liz to write one, um, and you can find uh, future topics, uh, as well as some recommendations. We haven't really touched that in a little bit, but I'm going to update that soon. And you can also find a contact form. So it's called a contact form. It's really just you want to throw us an opinion, a thought, or a suggestion for a topic um, 
or even just a suggestion for audio quality. If you think it sounds kind of muffled, if you think it sounds kind of loud, all that kind of stuff. We really would appreciate the feedback. Um, so you can find that on, on the website. You can also get in touch with us uh, on Twitter at queerly underscore podcast. Um, so feel free to tweet us there or follow us. Uh, there will be announcements for things like when an episode drops, as well as po- uh, certain topics for new episodes and other little things. Um, we'll, we post sometimes about what's going on in the world, uh, and we'll give updates if we do have to go on a hiatus for any reason at all. Um, and I believe that's it. I did want to thank viewers from all over. We see you in Malta. Um, we see you all over. Uh, and I, honestly, that's probably one of the more impressive things about this. Uh, never thought we would get this far. Um, just me and Liz wanting to have our, our queer time of the week. But yeah, thank you so much. Uh, and we will see you next time. Stay healthy, stay safe. <laughs>